Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 208 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse, and I'm so excited to be back for another episode and that you're back here with me to listen for this episode. I am so excited. This is uh, an author I'm so excited to have on the show. He wrote a book that I am actually obsessed with. His name is Mike Drack. He is a 38-year veteran of the financial services industry, and he started his own victory lap, and that is a term that you're going to be very familiar with if you read his book, Victory Lap Retirement. And by listening to this episode, he started his own Victory Lap in 2014 and has been busy helping others transition into their own personal versions of it ever since. And in addition to mentoring others, he gives speeches and seminars to groups across the country and cultivates and maintains the Victory Lap community at Victory Lap Retirement dot com. And uh, I am thrilled to have him on the show. So I've had a lot of episodes about investing and some about retirement, but never, I don't think I've quite honestly had a show specific to retirement and not just, I think the thing is, the thing is, um, when it comes to retirement, a lot of people think it is just about accumulating wealth and then you get to retire and then you're, you know, I don't know, sitting on a beach with a glass of wine, whatever those retirement ads are all about. I know that is so not reality. If you know anyone who actually is in retirement, that's not what retirement looks like. Or if you know anyone who is FI, financially independent, so they can't technically stop working, they don't just sit on a beach. That is so boring. I got bored after a week on the beach, quite honestly. So I can imagine like decades of just doing that. And so I think that's why I was so connected with Mike's book, Victory Lap Retirement, because it talks about retirement in terms that I feel like no other retirement book has. And that, I think that is quite true. He honestly says that in the episode, because the reason he wrote the book was he retired and he's like, there's no books that actually talk specifically about what to do in retirement, what that looks like, how to uh, you know preserve your mental health, because that is a big um, issue in retirement when you basically have an identity crisis and you don't know what to do with all this time. So his book really does go in depth on, okay, you're retired, now what? Right. And even though you're like, well, I am nowhere close to being retired, I think this is actually a book that, especially younger people, millennials like you and me, uh, or depending on, you know, what your age is, but I'm talking to, right now, I'm talking to the millennials, the younger people that are like, why should I care? This is why you should care. Because when I read this book, I honestly like sighed just so much relief. I, I'm so bad with sayings. What is the term? a big sigh. I gave a big sigh of relief. I think that's the, I think that's the saying because he writes in his book that it is not, uh, the goal is not to have this full stop retirement that you stop working at 65 and you just have to live off your, your investments and your savings and whatever assets you've accumulated because that is a terrifying idea. And he even kind of talks about that in the show that, um, how could we honestly save up enough in, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 years, however long it takes us to, you know, save for retirement and live off that savings for another, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Like that just, doesn't that seem crazy? It doesn't, the math doesn't really add up. And so what I love about this is he's talking really about how we shouldn't have this idea of full stop retirement. We shouldn't have this goal of just stopping to earn money. There's different ways. And uh, I love that because that means, oh, great. 
I, it doesn't mean like, oh, you have to go get another job. There's lots of different ways to create passive income or to have a side hustle or to have a, a different career. You don't have to just stop working at 65 and you may not want to. And for me, this resonates a lot because I never liked the idea of stopping to work. Cause I actually, well, for the first time in my life in the past three years, I absolutely love what I do for work. I don't want to stop this. I may want to evolve and change it, but I never want to stop you know, working and feeling this fulfilled, feeling like I'm actually giving back that I'm doing something worthwhile. Anyways, I'm talking too much. I'm so excited to have Mike on the show. You're going to absolutely love this episode. And of course, I'm going to give away his book. So listen to the end of this episode to find out how to win a copy. Um, But first, before I get to that interview, here's just a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money podcast is supported by Policy Me. One thing I can remember as clear as day is when I interviewed financial expert Preet Banerjee for the podcast, he told me right after we finished recording that I needed to get some life insurance ASAP. He talks about the importance of life insurance in his book, Stop Overthinking Your Money. And even though I read his book and had him on the show... I still didn't have any. So guess what I did as soon as we finished recording? I started researching my options for life insurance in Canada. And I'm not joking when I tell you that once my husband and I finally got life insurance, it was as if a big weight lifted off our shoulders. No one can predict what will happen in life. So the smartest thing that you can do is protect your loved ones by having life insurance. That's why I'm excited to tell you about a new way that you can do it, Policy Me. They're a Toronto-based startup on a mission to fully digitize the life insurance process from advice to purchasing a policy. In other words, they're a new online life insurance brokerage who promise complete honesty, transparency, and security, who will work hard to find you the best policy for the best price. Life insurance isn't just a should I buy decision. Figuring out what should I buy is just as important. To learn more, visit them at policyme.com slash money and make sure to check out their long list of positive reviews from past customers. Once again, check them out at policyme.com slash money. Thank you, Mike, for joining me on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Jessica. I read the uh, first edition of Victory Lap Retirement um, not too, well, maybe maybe it's back in the winter. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've been telling everybody I meet to pick up this book, and I mentioned it on the news. That's how much I, I freaking loved your book. Um, so, And I do not do that often. So uh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. You have a second edition of the book with a, a third author. Um, but I'm so excited to first just get to know you a little bit more because you have a long history in the financial services um, industry. Can you kind of tell me a little bit more about your background and what got you inspired to write this book called Victory Lap Retirement? Well, you know, I was in the banking industry for 36 years uh, Mm. with one bank. I worked Mm. there my my whole life. And then one day they decided to package me off. Mm. Uh, before my time and uh, I had to figure out this retirement thing for myself you know exactly how old were you when that happened I was late 50s oh yeah so you're like I'm not ready to that's not the plan well no the plan was to to work hard save a lot more money and and bulk up my uh, retirement savings for eventual retirement but I never really thought about what retirement was all about I had no idea to be honest right so when I was packaged off, I went out and I got my hands on every retirement book and financial planning book I could. 
looking for an answer and I couldn't find it because most of them just focus on the money aspect. And what I wanted to know was, well, what exactly do you do in retirement? How do you occupy your time? How do you become happy? And that, that's what I was looking for. And I, I couldn't find it in the book. So I, I had to figure it out for myself. And that's what motivated me to, to write the book to help others, yeah. you know, come up with a similar solution. Yeah, no, that, and I think that's why I actually really liked your book because I've read, you know, quite a few retirement books and man, are they boring and dry and <laughs> they are just focused on finding your number. And you're like, yeah, but this was the first book that I read that actually got me thinking about, you know, it's not just about how much wealth you need in order to survive in retirement, but it's just like, what is that life like? And uh, most of the time when people think about that, they're like, oh, I don't know. I'll just like hang out or I'll finally write that great novel or start painting or travel the world or uh, volunteer. And to me, I'm like, yeah, but why do you have to wait for me? Because I, I feel like that is a very common story where people will putting off doing their passion until they retire. For me, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so many decades away. Why do I have to wait that long to do that? And that's, I don't know why that's a very common story, but um, now you are retired. What did you, when you had to make that transition, it did sound like you prepared yourself. What was it like? Uh, I immediately went into retirement shock for at least six months. Because you're not prepared for it. All It feels like you're getting pushed out of your tribe. I worked in a place for 36 years. All my friends were there. It was a big part of my life. And all of a sudden, you're on the outside looking in. And on Monday morning, the first day of retirement, the phone doesn't ring. You don't get any emails. You could hear the sound of a pin dropping in your house. You go, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And you have to figure that out. I was totally unprepared. But, uh, you know, once once I started to, to settle down a little bit and think things through, I started coming up with some solutions for myself that worked out quite well. But it took me a little bit of time. So, yeah, how did you kind of develop these ideas? And what did you end up, I mean, I guess writing books is one thing, but what did you kind of figure out? How am I going to fill my time? And find fulfillment in retirement okay so number one i have a hard time with the word retirement in itself mm. i i think it's a terrible word uh traditional full stop retirement doesn't work anymore because it's it's almost impossible to you know fund 30 years of retirement with 30 years of work and it's causing a lot of stress for people so i wanted to come up with a a lifestyle that would work for me i like working I enjoy it, but I just didn't want to do that banking job anymore. I was kind of, you know, tired of it. I wanted to do something new. I wanted to have something more flexible and something that I would really love to do for a long time. And, you know, best case scenario, I would never retire. I would just keep doing what I love to do. So, but I had to find that. I had to figure it out for myself. And, uh, you know, I got this when I finally figured things out. That's what motivated me to write a book to help other people and say, hey, there's so much you can do. But it's important to find your purpose and your passion. And it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. It takes a lot of time and soul searching and deep reflection. But it, it, it's possible. And uh, once you do that, life turns out pretty good. Yeah. Do you think it's because... 
I mean, for me, that's always been very important in my life. Like since an early age, I've always been, and this could be just for having like my dad, he's a creative. And so um, passion and finding your purpose and your passion has always been very important to me in my life. But I know a lot of people, they are, they just get swept up in the busyness of life and checking off that life checklist of, um, you know, finding a partner, having children, you know, buying a house, having that successful career, going up the corporate ladder. And by the time you know it, then you're retired and you've never really had a good thought about, but what actually do I want to do in life? What do I want to create or or whatever? Is that kind of why a lot of people, when they retire, they're like, oh my gosh, I've actually never really thought about this because I was just living life. Well, what happens? Well, you're not really living. It's Mm, (laughs) I would call it something Mm. else. Mm. But what you're doing is you're trained to pursue money. And, uh, you know, the corps do that. Your parents teach you that. The schools teach you that, that you have to compete and make as much money as, as possible so you're successful when you compare yourself to others. And it's the wrong message. And many times, you know, early in life, we have a feel for what we would like to do, what we're capable of, the gifts we've been giving. But we lose sight of that once we go to work for a large corporation and, you know, we copy the way they, they do things, they act, and we want to be a good corporate soldier so we can get promotions and things like that. So we we really get off track from who we really are and what we really like to do because we're chasing security for our family and things like that. And we're trying to pay down the mortgage and we're trying to save up funds for retirement. And, uh, you know, you know, when you go into like victory lap, that's your chance to get back to square one and say, hey, you know what? I want to reconnect with myself. I want to figure out what I really like to do and try to find a way of pursuing that. And money's not the the main driver anymore. It's having fun. Yeah. And, you know, enjoying what you're doing. And, you know, that's the search that, that we're on in victory lap. And when we can f- identify those things, and we actually start doing them, life is is so much better. And then why would you retire from something that you love to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I completely agree. After reading your book, I'm like, you're right. I don't like the word retirement because, you know, in the past it was that you're done working because you probably physically cannot work anymore. And then you're going to die within 10 years. That doesn't sound fun. I don't want to just like sit in a rocking chair and wait for my death. <laughs> no, but that's right? the way it was. Yeah, it really was. You How know, terrible. People, <laughs> yeah, people don't understand that retirement is a man-made thing. They invented it to solve a problem the corporations had. And, and yes, early on it did work because people, like you said, they didn't live that long. And, uh, you know, they didn't need much money to, to, you know, live in retirement. But now people working, you know, living 30 plus years in retirement, that just doesn't work anymore. They have to take a new approach and they have to accept that maybe working at something makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that's what actually your book gave me a lot more hope because, I sometimes worry about my retirement because I'm self-employed. So is my husband. He always has been. And so, okay, we have to fund our retirement. Like we're not going to get a pension. We're not going to get anything like that. We have to figure that out. And when we think about how much we need to accumulate for, as you said, like a 30 plus year retirement, 
terrifying. And I hear that sentiment from a lot of other millennials. We're so, you know, we've had a kind of a rough go. A lot of us that kind of uh, had to experience the recession. I, I experienced it right at the beginning of my career. So that was, you know, pretty shocking. And then it's like, we're paying off student loans. We have to buy a house. There's all these expenses. And then on top of that, we also have to save all of this money for retirement. It just seems kind of like an impossible task. So that's what I really like the messaging in your book was, you don't have to do this, like you said, full stop retirement. It's it's just not a. It doesn't make sense to me, anyways. You need to figure out other ways to have you know income coming in besides what you've already saved. That's right. And for me, that gave me a lot of hope. Actually, I'm like, okay, good. There is a different strategy because no one else is talking about this. I don't know why. Well, Jessica, you get it, and hopefully, a lot more uh, people get it because they're going to need to get it. Or they're gonna they're gonna have some problems, right? What I like to do is remove the word retirement and replace it with the term financial freedom, and that's what I'm teaching my kids: is forget about this retirement thing, work towards financial freedom. And when you obtain financial freedom, then you're free to do whatever you want. And it's it's such a beautiful feeling to say, you know what? I don't have to work, but I want to work but I want to work at something that I enjoy. And and then it's not really work. The lines between work uh, and leisure get very blurry, right? I, I love the concept of, of young people starting side gigs and being prepared for whatever could happen down the road, creating their own business, making some money on the side and finding something they have a passion for that they can monetize and, and use that down the road when they finally leave their primary career. And those are things that, you know, we're starting to tell people, start doing this, do it five years before you're officially going to retire. And if something happens by chance, if they package you off or whatnot, you're off to a good start. Absolutely. No, and I think that's why I really liked your book. This is something that's kind of a friend of mine. My, you know, parents are like my my mom's still, you know, uh, working. She works for the school board in BC, but my dad, he worked for a company for I think it was like 30 years. Um, and he got, yeah, packaged off just like you. And it was very unexpected. He thought he he just had to put another 10 years in and he'd be good to go. He got a pension and all this stuff. Nope, that's just not what he expected. And we were all pretty shocked. And uh, so what he had to do was figure out, okay, what am I going to do? He was a graphic designer for this news station. He didn't want to do that. Well, he couldn't get a job like that anymore because all these news stations don't have as much money as they once did when he first started. And so he had to, honestly, he had to go back to school in his 50s and, and learn, retrain and learn something new. And so now he's he is working again, um, but in a very different industry, very different um, way. He's not a full-time employee. He works contracts for the film industry. And it's is interesting because for me, I'm like, oh, I get it because I'm self-employed or I've always had a side hustle. So I'm used to just like figuring it out, make your money whatever way you can. For him, it's a it's a big struggle, but I think it will actually help him because now as he's approaching retirement age, he will understand to kind of, you know, have his own side hustle, which he hopes to be, you know, writing children's books and, and making art and stuff. So like you said, it's like he's actually preparing now for that eventual retirement. So it won't hopefully be as big of a shock, you know? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I, I think transition to a full stop retirement is is very stressful. 
it's almost equivalent to getting the bends when you're coming up from deep waters or skin diving. If you come up too fast, it, it's going to ca cause you some problems. And, and people need time to adjust and get used to it and transition slowly into retirement over years, right? But, it, you know, it's funny. Whenever I read articles of people that live a long time, I find these people that also worked a long time late in life. And that gave them a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And there's a lot of benefits attached to uh, continuing to work late in life that people have to, you know, recognize and understand and take advantage of. But yet, you know, everyone, the banks love, the industry loves to sell this full stock retirement thing. And it's just, it, I think you got to be very careful with it. They should put a warning on those commercials <laughs> like they do on those drug uh, commercials. Yeah, I know. The side effects of full stock retirement so people are aware. Yeah, because I, I know it's very common and it makes sense too. It's it's almost kind of like the same, uh, I'd say, feeling if you've ever been laid off or, or fired. I've experienced unemployment in my career where it's, you're just, you can't really be fully prepared for not working anymore. Because like you said, it's like, that's where your community is. That's where your friends are. Right. You have the sense of purpose. You, yep. you have a reason to wake up every day. When you have this full star retirement, you don't have that anymore. And yeah, if you just don't work anymore, like what is, kind of, like, it would be like, what's the point though? Like, what am I doing? That's and right. so you need to have something to do. Whether, now, I guess my question is, does some people do feel like, oh, well, I'll just like volunteer and stuff. Is it, important for them to continue to earn money or is it just about being busy in retirement it, it depends on your situation right mm -hmm. if you have enough retirement savings or passive income coming in where you don't have to work uh you can get away from it by doing volunteer activities or things like that but you still have to replace purpose you know originally your purpose was to work hard make money take care of the family, pay down the mortgage. And when you lose that purpose, when you leave your job or the kids leave and the mortgage is gone, you have to replace it with something or you're going to be lost and it's going to cost you large. So, you know, even though you have money, you still need purpose in some form and it comes in, in a variety of forms, but you have to find a purpose that will work for you, that will get you excited, that will give you some passion to get out of bed in the morning, right? And if you don't have it, you got a problem. Yeah, because it's fairly common for people to experience kind of signs of depression and stuff when they don't have for a plan sure. and they just, you for know. Sure. But it, yeah. it's really funny because, you know, there's different uh, people in, in every field, right? And some people can get away with it. I know a guy that's retired. He wakes up every morning around 12 o'clock. He doesn't even care what day it is. He doesn't do much other than watch TV, but he's happy. Huh. Now, there are people like that. And, you know, who am I to say that's wrong? It works yeah. for them. But there's so many other people that need something, that need purpose. And those are the ones that are going to pay a price if they can't find it. And that's what we're trying to coach to is to say, okay, let's talk and let's find something for you to do. I, I know one gentleman that uh, he was packaged off from his chemical engineering job and he took the severance check and he said, you know what? When I was younger, I used to love the paint. And this is a true story. You hear these painting stories all the time. And this is a true story because I know. Him. 
And he said to his wife, he said, you know what? I'm going to take some of this Semper's check. I'm going to take the loft upstairs in our house. I'm going to buy some painting supplies, and that will be my studio. And I'm going to give it a shot. Because he stopped doing it because his father told him, look it, you can't make money producing art and expect to get married and raise a family. you got to get a, a real job. And so he went out and started doing it. And without a word of a lie, he's making more money now than he did in his chemical. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he's That's loving crazy. it. Every day yeah. he's the happiest guy in the world. And I'm jealous. Mm. But you see, it's out there. You just have to find it. And I can tell you so many stories about different situations where it worked out so well. But people have to get it over their initial fear of, you know, you know, I'm not good enough, or I can't do that. I've never started a business, or how will I get customers? And those are the ones we need to sit down and hold their hand and say, hey, it works. Let's think this through. You have so many qualities and so many experiences you can you take advantage of that it's hard for you to lose. But they have to start to think that way and realize that and believe in it. And also, in terms of like the business side of things, we're in the best time I'd say ever for you to get that information for free. There's oh. the internet and there's so many ways that you can now find clients through the internet. It's not like you have to set up a shop anymore That's and get right. customers off the street. It's actually the easiest time ever to start a business and to find out how to run a business. You don't have to go to university to learn this stuff anymore. No, no. I think, you know, I'm starting to think maybe university's a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell my kids that yet, but yeah. you know what? I, I, I have some feelings about that, and I'm starting to wonder, right? But you know what I like about these, these let's call them portable businesses, is you can do it anywhere in the world. You don't have to be in Canada to do it. And uh, you got a laptop and, and a connection, you're off to the races. And so many people are doing neat things. Like I know one couple, they go to garage sales, and they try to find these old antique dolls that they fix up, refurbish, and they sell on Amazon and eBay. And, and there's passion. They love what they're doing, and they're making money at it, and they're their own bosses. Like, you know, how do you define the life of Riley? I think they have it there. And it's just another example of people being creative. And I love when, when we go to the libraries and we talk to um, – you know, recent retirees and they come up and they say, Hey, guess what? This is what I'm doing. And it's really working out well. And I'm having a lot of fun And the creativity is just unbelievable. And it's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It, for me, it's, I used to honestly dread the idea of retirement. And I used to tell people I'm never retiring. And I think actually what I meant was the exact concept that you have in your book. It's like, well, I'm never going to stop working. I may shift and may not work as much. But I never want to stop because, well, I think it also depends on too, like, I think, so I, I don't know if you've heard, you probably have, uh, of this whole movement called FIRE, Financially Independent Retire Early. It's getting bigger and bigger. There's so many, I just came back from a conference and it's a very huge community of people striving to uh, become financially independent and retire early at a very young age, like 30s, 40s, um, which is aspirational. I find it very stressful myself because I'm just worried about regular retirement. 
But uh, what I've seen for all these people is basically they're doing the kind of like what we're talking about. It's like they're not hoping just to accumulate so much wealth so they can finally hang out on the beach and just read books. It's honestly most of the time they reach financial independence and what do they do? They start a blog, they start writing books, (laughs) they find out what their passion is and they start a business. Isn't that so funny? But you know what's interesting is they hate to admit that they're working. Yes. Post F5. And I hate, I hate fire. I'd rather just have it FI and take the RE off the back Mm. end because it's Mm -hmm. not true. It's just exactly what you said. Yeah. No one's not working. They're all working. Believe me. (laughs) They had to because they'd be bored out of their mind. Exactly. Especially having achieved this huge achievement. They've worked so hard for like a decade and you're just going to stop and not work anymore. Yeah, right. You're too ambitious for that. (laughs) Yes, but they should celebrate their freedom because they're free to do whatever they want, whenever they want to do it. And they take that freedom and they do some creative things. And that's what they're doing. And I don't know why they're embarrassed to admit that. Uh, I think it's like any kind of extreme community in the personal finance world. Like I saw that a lot with the debt community. Like people would be very supportive of each other if you were paying off debt. Once you became debt-free, it's almost like you're kicked out of the community. It's like, bye, you're, yeah. you're debt-free. You don't, you don't belong here anymore. And you're like, we should be celebrating the people that do not have debt anymore. But it is what it is. So I don't, I don't know. I see a lot of you know, feelings and judgment around that, which is why I've, you know, at first I really liked the, the concept of it because I'm like, what a great, if you don't have some big money goal, what a great goal to set yourself to kind of move forward. But then I also see there's a lot of opinions out there and I'm like, well, I feel like this could also make people feel not good enough or whatever. There's a lot of issues in the community. No, but uh, Take it, what you will from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, take what it, you will. That'll work for you. <laughs> it depends how frugal you want to be. I want to live a little bit too. So uh, I'm teaching my kids the concept of, of FI. But, you know, I'm saying, but once you have your freedom, you, you, gotta, you can't stop. You got to keep going and you have to figure it out for yourself. But I said, don't start saving for retirement. Save for FI. It makes more sense to me, right? That's just more exciting too. Yeah, I think for sure. Oh, and it's a good goal. You can see it, and you get excited when you when you get closer to it, right? It's a it's a wonderful goal to have. So I love the concept. I just don't like the re part. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So you have the second edition of your book, Victory Lap Retirement. You've added a third author. So before it was just you and Jonathan Chavreau. Now we've got Rob Morrison. What are the kind of new updates people can expect from this new book? And and what does Rob Morrison add to the table in this book? Okay, so uh, two reasons why we did the revision was number Mm. one, there was a lot of feedback we were getting from people at the seminars and the Zoomer shows and everything like that. And they, they, they wanted more. So they wanted more ideas. They wanted uh, almost like a step-by-step process. So what we've done is we've added more to the original book. And I'm in the process of writing a follow-up book, which will be a, an actual transition guide to Victory Lab. Ooh, I like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It's it's going to be out next year. I got to get it into the auditor by December. But uh, I, I know it's going to help a lot of people make them feel better about it, right? Uh, the reason I brought Rob in was I wanted to release the book in the U.S. And uh, Rob's based in Chicago. He's president of financial services firm. 
so he knows a lot about um, the investment advisory uh, space, the rules in the U.S., the different concepts. You know, basically they're same as ours, but they just have different names and whatnot. So we brought him in to to provide that information and also to provide more stories to make sure that, look, at we covered off both aspects on both sides of the border. And basically it's the same. And we went a little bit deeper. We described uh, uh, retirement cash flow in a little bit more detail. I'm using that word retirement again because I'm forced to. And (laughs) we wanted to talk about some of the pitfalls and things that people go through when they retire, such as, you know, kids holding their hands out and and things like that. So we, we want to talk about some of those aspects. And, you know, as life goes on and we learn more and we see, you know, different needs from retirees, we're going to revise it and keep it up to date. Mm-hmm. Since you mentioned it, I'm curious, what are your thoughts? And because I see a lot of articles out there about how, uh, you know, young millennials are, you know, basically uh, taking the money from their parents and now their parents don't have enough for retirement. What are your thoughts on that? Is that something you've come in contact with? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. And, and it, it really concerns me because I, I think for some reason we got a little carried away and maybe we spoiled our kids a little bit. And because, you know, the, the intent was we want them to have a better life than we have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's normal. You know, we want them to have a bigger house and a better job and a nicer car and go mm-hmm. on better vacations. And mm-hmm. so now because those things are so expensive and they're struggling, uh, you know, we're, we're many times stepping up to the plate and kind of supporting them, acting as an ATM, which I, I you know, I think it's a big mistake. But it's hard to stop something that you've already created, right? Yeah, that's it's for me. I yeah, my feelings on this is that I I wouldn't like if I had kids. I feel like I understand the desire to help your kids financially, but I don't think you're you're really helping them because you're not teaching them. No, I, I totally correct. You want your kids to be self sufficient and be able to learn how to make their own money. I feel like that is why I. I am so, you know, comfortable right now in my life. I didn't come from money, but I, I definitely learned some great skills from my family on how if you need money, there's a way to make it, but you're going to have to work hard at it. You're probably going to work some jobs that you feel are beneath you, but just do sure. what you got to do. And my husband yeah. is the same way. And so we learned so much from those lessons because our parents honestly couldn't afford to give us any money. But from the kids that do get that money, I don't think they're learning those really important lessons. No. And so they're just learning if you need help, go ask mom and dad. That's right. That That's the, the default. And, you, you know, but you can't blame them all the time, too, because it's harder to get a good job. It's harder to get a job that has benefits. Uh, you're coming out of school now with, with, you know, student loans and things like that. And just mm-hmm. the price of housing, like in a place like Toronto or Vancouver. It's yeah. crazy. And I, I'm struggling even with the idea of maybe they shouldn't buy homes now. Like, why put that pressure on you uh, early in life to carry uh, maybe a, you know, dollars $700,000 mortgage? And got, jobs aren't guaranteed like they were kind of were when I was working. Like, there was an unwritten agreement way back when that you work hard and we'll cover you off and we'll make sure. Yeah, it's that- like if you stay loyal, we'll also stay loyal. It's like, I've never experienced that in a job. No, and you never will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I did. 
I did. And it cha- everything changed in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's sad. It is hard. Like, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's definitely a different world. It's definitely harder in some respects. We cannot get the same things that our parents got as easily. But on the other side of it, um, there's so many things that we can, I think, experience and explore that my, our parents can't. Like, travel. It's actually so much more affordable now to travel than it was to my parents. My parents never had enough money to travel. But maybe, maybe it's also like priorities are different. They definitely wanted to own a home. They never traveled. I think they're first real trip together was on their like 20th anniversary. It's crazy. For me, I'm like, well, it took me a lot longer to eventually buy a home with my husband, but we've been on lots of trips. So... Well, it's a, it's a trade-off, you see. You're trading off a lifestyle versus buying a home. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting where you said, you know, I, I basically mirrored the lifestyle your parents went through. And uh, now I'm traveling a lot. You see, and the reason I can afford to do that is because I'm still working a bit, right? So I, I use that cash flow. I'm, I, I have FI, but any additional ca- cash flow that comes in from, from my work I do, I spend. And I, I spend it on lifestyle for my, my wife and my kids so we can have a lot of fun together. Because I understand the pressure they're under. And I really want to keep a close watch on them to make sure that they don't crack. And I want to make sure they have a little bit of fun too. So, you know, to go on a annual family vacation where they can, you know, let their hair down and have a lot of fun and get reconnected is so important. And, and that's why, you know, that's part of my purpose is for what I work. So I can, I can fund these things. Yeah. And I think that's also a good incentive for anyone who's like oh do i want to work in retirement it's like you can have a lot of fun with that extra money that you're making in retirement so i made it my model i'm turning 65 in october and as a matter of fact i just told my wife last night this the next 10 years are going to be the best 10 years of our life and i said just watch it and i mean it and i think i can do it so you know the sky's the limit really but you gotta change your perspective right yeah, you d- definitely. It is a lot of mindset. And um, that's why, yeah, I'm so glad that you were able to share on the show and your book. I, I'm so glad that you have a, a new version that people can check out too in Canada and the US. And I think it will give people a very important um, kind of updated perspective on retirement or financial freedom or whatever you would like to call it. Because I, I agree, the old kind of idea of retirement we need to we need to put that away it's just just not working for anybody so we need to move forward could i add one more thing jessica absolutely uh and this is going to be in the new book what i've noticed is that i i go to uh, i work out i go i joined a swimming tribe i call it so i go swimming three times a week and i've joined the gym and i've joined a bike riding club and whatnot and I'm noticing people like old, like people, you know, that would be classified as older people. They're so vibrant. They're in such great health and they have such great attitudes. And I refer to them as retirement rebels because they're breaking the old mold of what old people should look like and act like. I got an 80 year old I swim with. No, sorry, he's 79. He's going to celebrate his 80th birthday by doing Ironman Cozumel. Oh, my gosh. I can't even do <laughs> That's crazy. I know. Wow. 
it, but you, you see these it, i'm seeing what people are capable of if they want to work at it and take care of themselves and if they have a great attitude and many of these people are still working so i'm looking at this lifestyle and i'm going no one talks about this stuff right and I'm looking at these people, and I know some of these people, the 70, 80-year-old people, they could outrun a 40-year-old, maybe even a 30-year-old in some cases. Oh, no, they can probably beat me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm saying, look at the possibilities if you look at it and you change your lifestyle and you do the right things and you're disciplined. You can have a long and healthy life. And you can catch up for all those hard times you went through. And that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Basically getting rid of this ridiculous notion that it's all downhill from whatever age. Not exactly. True. Not true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel like I definitely need to work out today. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> if that eight-year-old is doing an Ironman, I better get to work. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, Jessica. I'm telling you. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for joining me on the show. I'll have to have you back again with your when your new book is out. Well, that would be wonderful, Jessica. And it's it's been wonderful talking to you today. And uh, before I let you go, where can people find more information about you and uh, your book, Victory Lap Retirement? Okay, they can visit the uh, victorylapretirement.com website. Uh, we do a, a weekly blog there. So there's all kinds of new information coming down all the time. And uh, if they want to order the book, they can do it through the website where you know, we send out signed copies of the book and we include a retirement rebel a wristband or they can buy it at, uh, you know, chapters or on Amazon. Awesome. awesome. But yeah, we, we try to keep things current and give out new information all the time. And what we're trying to do, and you used the word before, is give people hope, hope for a better future, a better retirement. And there's a lot of things they can do that make that happen. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again. It was, it was so nice chatting with you. And that is episode 208 with the wonderful Michael Druck, uh, author of Victory Lap Retirement. Make sure to go to victorylapretirement.com to, to learn more about all of the things that he's talking about. Make sure to grab a copy of his book, either for you or for someone that you know would really get you know, something, you know, out of it. Um, also, as he mentioned, he's coming out with a new book summer of 2020 is when he hopes to release it called Retirement Heaven or Hell, um, which I'm very much excited about. Um, but uh, I just have a few words to share about this episode sponsor. And then I have some very important things to share. So stick around, do not move. This episode of the Mo Money podcast is supported by Policy Me. Do you have life insurance? Because if you have a partner, children, or aging parents who depend on you for financial support, protecting them with life insurance is a smart idea. And guess what? It's not as expensive as you may think. For a 20-year, $500,000 term life insurance policy, which is actually what my husband and I have, it could cost you as little as $35 per month if you're in your 30s. Not only is it more affordable than you may think, but it's easy to get too, especially if you try out Policy Me, a new way to get advice, compare quotes, and buy life insurance online in Canada. And if you want to speak to a human, you can speak with one of their licensed advisors on the phone five days per week or reach out over email 24-7. If you've been delaying checking off get life insurance from your to-do list, don't. This is me telling you right now that if you know that you need it, do something about it now. It's affordable, it's easy to get, and having life insurance can save your loved ones from financial hardship down the road. To learn more and to get started, visit policyme.com slash momoney 
and make sure to check out all their positive Google reviews from past customers. Once again, check them out at policyme.com slash money. First off, of course, make sure to go to the show notes for this episode, jessicamorass.com slash 208 to find out more information about everything that we talked about and for some important links that you will want to uh, click on, you know. Um, but also, I'm giving away a copy of his book, Victory Lap Retirement, I'm giving away several copies um, and because I don't want to be stingy. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people that enter these contests. I can't just give away one book. That's crazy. So going to give away a couple copies of all the books um, and you can do so by going to jessicamorehouse.com slash Contest. That is how you can enter all of the book giveaways I'm doing this season of the podcast. So jessicamorehouse.com slash contest is where you can find all the information about how to enter. Now, if you're also curious, what other, you know, investing books or retirement planning books would you recommend? I have a whole list of them on my website at jessicamorehouse.com slash recommendations. But off the top of my head, I want to just share some so you can do some investigation and get these books so you can start your you know, journey on feeling less terrified of the the idea of retirement and start taking action. Because guess what? It is not that scary. It's not that hard. It's not that crazy. You just re- need to read, honestly, a few books to really get things clicking in your mind. You're like, oh, this is this isn't too bad. No, it's not. You just have to arm yourself with some education, just like I did. And you're doing from listening to my podcast. But if you want to go more in depth, here are some of my favorite investing books. First, Broke Millennial Takes on Investing by Erin Lowry. She, of course, wrote the original book, Broke Millennial. This is the one that focuses on investing. You're definitely going to want to grab a copy of that. The Okay, this one's sort of dry, but if you really want to learn more about passive investing, so like indexing, basically every guest on the show basically is a fan of this strategy of investing. I myself am as well. It's called The Little Book of Common Sense Investing by John C. Bogle. It is great. It's a bit dry, so you're going to have to like give it give it a chance. Next, one of my all-time favorite investing books, quite honestly, it was the first investing book that I read so quickly. It was actually a page turner. I don't know. Just something clicked with me with this book. It's Millionaire Teacher by Andrew Hallam. He's amazing. Um, what else we got? Your Retirement Income Blueprint by Daryl Diamond. That reminds me, I should probably contact him to get him on the show. It's a book I recently read about retirement, and it's also like specific to Canada. So Again, no offense to Daryl, a bit dry, but very meaty, like lots of good meaty content in there. Um, what else we got? Unshakable by Tony Robbins. I know some people are fans, some not that I actually freaking loved it. I really did. It's like an easy read. He has a lot of great experts who write in the book. I think it's I think it's a good one. Um, the Value of Simple by John Robertson. It's my go-to book if anyone asks me, hey, I want to learn how to be a self-directed or DIY investor. How do I get started? And something specific to Canadians. The Value of Simple by John Robertson is the book that you want to grab. Um, what else? Do, 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 do. Your Money or Your Life by Vicky Robin, Joe Dominguez, and Monique Tilford. I'll be honest, guys, I haven't read it. It's on my bookshelf. I bought it like two years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I got to read it. It is the book that everyone tells me to read. Everyone, Everyone's read it and they loved it. And it's one of these, I feel like it is the book that kind of inspired this whole fire movement, but it's supposed to be amazing and inspirational. And, uh, you know, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it guys. And so you should read it too. It is, is a top-notch book. I hear 
Oh, terrible to end it off on that, but whatever. It is what it is. What can I do? Like, I, I can't read all of the books, guys. I try my best. I try my best. Um, but if you actually want to do something actionable, you don't, you're like, yeah, I've read all those books or I've read so many books. I just want to like, uh, I wish someone would just like really put it in like an online course so I can learn it and then implement it. Guess what? I have a course called Investing Foundations for Canadians. If you go to jessicamorass.com slash investing foundations, you can find out more information about it. But basically, as you would expect from the name, if you're Canadian, because uh, it is specific to Canadian investing, but I do have a ton of Americans that have also uh, taken it and really liked it. It goes into everything you pretty much need to know about just traditional investing in you know, mutual funds or index funds or ETFs or GICs and all that kind of stuff, how to build a portfolio, um, how to make sure you are on the right track to save for retirement, how to set your investing goals, um, how to choose working with an advisor or using a robo-advisor or going to become a, a DIY investor using a discount brokerage. All of that jargon I just said to you, you will understand after taking my course. And uh, there's a ton of great reviews views from past students. So make sure to check it out, jessicamorehouse.com slash investing foundations. And you know what? I'm going to be real nice right now. Okay. If you want to take this course, but you need a little incentive, I am going to do something special for you because you're a podcast listener. I'm going to give you a special 20% off discount code. If you go to that website, if you use the promo code Mo Money podcast, I know, surprise moment podcast uh that promo code will be good from now until december 31st 2019 so if you need a kick in the pants this is your kick in the pants what are you waiting for go do it all right that is it for me thank you so much for listening to this episode if you you know want to let me know what you think about the show leave me an itunes review hopefully it's nice i don't like nasty ones man have i gotten them don't appreciate them don't do it like just like don't put negativity out there, but also like you do you like you, you it's a free world. Like you do whatever you want. Um, I'm going to be back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode. Uh, actually that is a freaking lie. I'm going to be back here tomorrow. I have a bonus episode. I just remembered. So you are going to want to join me because guess what? It is also about investing and it is a good one guys. It is a good episode. So I will see you back here tomorrow for that bonus episode. So uh, with uh, that being said, see you tomorrow. Have a good rest of your day. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.